Welcome to the Wing Life Podcast, where we talk about wing foil. This episode is brought to you by Saladita Kite School in La Ventana, Mexico. If you caught some of our uh, stories yesterday on Instagram, you'll have seen that. I just got in a couple epic days of downwinding. We got a 10 kilometer downwinder done with my buddy Mickey from Salt Spring Island. Today, I got in an epic one with my friend Britt. Um, we went from Latuna all the way to the beach and back. Um, heck of a fun time. If you're looking to learn, there's nothing better than getting a lesson from the pros at Saladita Kite School. They are positioned at Latuna, and now that I've been here a little while, I've gotten the opportunity to visit to a couple different spots. It is one of the more beginner-friendly beaches with some nice sand so you're not walking on any rocks. Um, They do offer professional jet ski-assisted kite and wing foil lessons. Um, So once again, they're at Latuna. So if you want to grab a beer after, grab some ice cream, grab anything, it is a nice little hub there. So you're not just stuck kind of in the middle of nowhere. So they have you covered if you want to learn how to kite, foil, or looking into downwinding. They got top quality gear as well. Uh, So don't hesitate. Book your lessons today by visiting saladitalaventana.com or send them a message on Instagram at saladitakiteschool at saladitakiteschool. Kite school and the lifestyles of those who enjoy this great sport. Thank you very much for joining me today. Um, it's an honor to meet you and super stoked to chat. Thank you. It's a pleasure. So, where are you on this wonderful planet today? So, at the, at the moment, I'm in Cape Town. I decided to do my winter training here. And what I really like about this place is that it just has so much to offer. And that's the thing that I like as well about Windsurf because I I only stick to one discipline. Like I really I really like freestyle. I really like wave sailing, um, and there's I like guiding as well. So I feel like it's the perfect place to spend a couple of weeks to just get on the water every day. And it's been firing pretty. Like we saw a little bit of your Instagram stuff. It's been firing pretty decently for you lately. Yeah, we had sun conditions pretty much every day. The main thing here is that you do need to drive quite a bit to find something every day. So. Like the first day I'll be windsurfing here in Table View, then then there's no more wind, so we all end up driving all the way down south to Whitsands or Scarborough. Um, the other day I, I I drove an hour and and forty minutes to Platboom, so it's um it's quite an adventure every day, but definitely found some good conditions already. Nice. And you said you were there for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm gonna be here for a month. Like ideally, I would like to stay longer, but. Um, I need to go back to Aruba and also of course the in the Caribbean it gets windy as well uh, beginning of February so at the end of this trip I'm always I also have like a nice place to look forward to to go back to. So for those who aren't um, as fluent with the tour or as fluent with your schedule like when does your competition season start back up? Yeah so right now it's off season my last contest was uh, the beginning of November mid-November and usually the contest season will start around April slash May. There could be a contest before, but I actually don't have the calendar for next year yet. I have a vague idea of what's going to happen, but I'm guessing around April I'm going to start. And then usually I'll be home January January till April because Easter time is really windy at home. And then from April onwards until November, it's basically competition season. I try to come home in between when I can. But in general, I'm off to off to Europe and the rest of the world, <laughs> traveling and competing. How how's that been? Because um, that's such a beautiful and unique lifestyle. Like, how how do you do? You ever get the chance to think back a little bit of how differently things could have been, or how how special this whole moment is for you? Yeah, actually, that's very interesting because I feel like I kind of just rolled into it because I've been competing since my first professional contest was when I was 12 years old. And then when I was 14, I actually went to the Canary Islands to compete. And I feel like it's, and and from, like I did my studies and everything. I finished high school, then I moved to the Netherlands to uh, get my bachelor degree. I got science and innovation management done. And then that's, I finished that in 2014. And since then I've been traveling nonstop. So I feel like it's almost all I know. But the funny thing about it is that um, the more I do it, the longer I do it, the more I appreciate it. I think just, I just think with age and, and like maturing a bit more, you start to appreciate the lifestyle. Cause I see the people around me that 
you know, that don't get to travel as much or aren't necessarily doing what they love. And um, yeah, so I feel like more and more I start feeling more fortunate. Even though it's something that I've always loved, of course, but it's just like the appreciation just gets bigger now. That makes sense. I think we can start to see it from a different vantage point than maybe we would see it before. But um, but how did like how did Hawaii finish up this year for you? Like how was that contest? Um, I finished. I actually won the event, um, and with that, I won my third wave world title. So it's an awesome way to finish the year. And yeah, just for me coming from Aruba, where it's not necessarily wavy, it's for me. It's the for me, it's a huge accomplishment, and I'm I'm very happy about that. Yeah, how did you like when when you were working so hard on freestyle? Like when when was it a, a moment in time where you decided that you wanted to start to spread out a little bit? Well, I think it's without knowing it, I just want to keep on challenging myself. I guess so. I I won a, I won maybe two or three freestyle titles, and then you know, of course, I'm competing in places where they're where they're also doing the slalom contest. So I see the slalom racers, and I think, wow, I, I actually want to try that as well. So then. Kind of ventured into slalom, um, and Aruba again is the perfect place for that. It's flat water paradise, and it's I, I could train that a lot, um, you know. And at some point, I started getting better at slalom, it's, and it's also like this, like this love for the sport, you know. I just kind of want to keep on progressing, and at some point, I, I actually won some slalom titles, and then from there, I start looking at the wave discipline because. I started realizing that the more, the better you get at the sport, the more fun it becomes and you just want to do more of it. So then waves became the next thing. I just wanted to challenge myself in that. And actually my first proper waves trip was here in Cape Town in 2014. And oh, awesome. I, I, I can still remember getting washed the first time and then feeling the cold water in my wetsuit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, looking back now, like back then, I, I don't think I would have ever guessed that I would have yeah win wave titles i guess so i yeah i think it's it's insane i'm super stoked about it and um yeah i guess the main thing is just to keep on challenging yourselves where um like if we take a step back and, and look at like i know you've been doing this for quite a long time but how, how do you let's say stay in a positive mindset or take on like you you were competing against let's say women who had been focusing like 100% in waves, like how do you, where does the, the mindset and the confidence come from um, to be able to say, you know what, I can, I can do this and, and I would like to give it my all? The thing is, I think the main thing is that I, most of it is just really fun for me. Like I, I like to compete because I, I enjoy it and I know that it's going to bring, it's going to bring out the best in me or I have to, especially in wave sailing, like I have to give 120%. And I will always, I will always be a better windsurfer at the end of the contest. So whether, whether I win or lose, like I will always learn something new. So I don't think it's necessarily about feeling whether I can compete with them or not. It's just the mindset of wanting to learn more and wanting to push myself. Um, so that's the thing. It, I think the mindset is more of enjoying what I do and having fun. Um, because I, I've competed for a long time and I think there was a point in competition where I felt, I felt so much pressure and, you know, I was, I was, that was one specific competition in the Canary Islands where I was just super unhappy. And I told myself then, like, if I, the, I, I should not compete if I don't enjoy it. And I think that was maybe 2017 or something. And I think since then I have, I've never put that much pressure on myself anymore. So. Um, yeah. just got to remind yourself that it's something you love. Definitely a good mindset to have because once it becomes, yeah, I guess once it doesn't become fun, it's not really worth doing anymore. That makes sense. Um, have you seen, like, I, I, I know you're a big advocate for women in sport. Have you seen a positive change when for over the course of, let's say, when you were 12 years old all the way up until now? The most notable change, of course, is that we've, and, and given that you said since I'm 12 years old, um, it actually came late, but we have equal prize money since 2019. Um, so that's the most notable change. I think besides that, it's still quite a hard sport for women to be in because it is male dominated. Having said that, I know that the men are men also don't have it easy. I think the sport itself is quite challenging. 
within the industry because there's so many other extreme sports that we're competing with guiding winging um these sports didn't exist when windsurfing started you know so it's almost hard to compare windsurfing back then to now um but i do know that women need to work double as hard um, yeah unfortunately and i haven't found the solution yet <laughs> for making it more equal but we're definitely moving into that direction okay in in what regards would you say sorry that that you would have to work yeah. twice as hard I would say mostly for for sponsorship. Like I'm, I, I will say that um, a, for a guy, it's easier to obtain sponsorship from within the industry. Um, and I see, like, you know, when you get that support with gear alone, you know, because of course windsurfing is expensive. Um, if you already have that gear, that allows you to go to the water more often. If you're getting a salary, it allows you to travel to places to train, whereas uh, I know for a fact that many women they have a they have a job on the side or they're studying and they're not necessarily getting that support, which means they're spending less time on the water, and just they just can't commit as much to the sport. So, um, I think um, I think in that regard it's harder for women, just uh, sponsorship wise and and financially, like a lot of. But at at the same time, I also see many women that have to be just much more smart about it. Find sponsors outside of the industry and yeah support themselves in different way i guess i I feel like it builds your your character also (laughs) i was gonna ask i was gonna ask if you can if you get um like if it strengthens that sense of character to get because we talked to marcella witt quickly in the show with her her boyfriend dane and, and they're doing trips for f1 and they're working there and i think she had said that before she was able to be a sponsored rider without competing, she must have gotten hundreds and hundreds of no's. Um, and I wonder if you just have to adopt that personality mindset of the same sense of comp- competition and training and adopt it into the business aspect of things. Because yes, like you can't you can't expect people to be able to do both unless there is some financial backing. That makes sense for sure. So I think what is like a big positive these days and actually allows many people and women to support themselves within the sport is just, you know, through social media and stuff. There, all of a sudden there's this platform where everyone can, yeah, promote themselves on. So I do think that is a huge help almost. And I, yeah, people find different ways of supporting themselves through social media also. So yeah, that's cool to see. Okay. So they're having to go, they're having to go to all these other places in order to be able to compete and continue their pro career kind of thing. Yeah. Cause you have a following and I think, yeah, it's, uh, I think that helps a lot. Okay. That makes sense. Can we step back to your island of your beautiful island of Aruba? And uh, I know we got a lot of wing foilers, but we do also have some windsurfers here. Um, are there like my friend just went there? I think it was last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. And um, can we give a bit of maybe a bit of a tour of Aruba just to see maybe favorite spots? What beautiful spots are there for winging? And and I know we had a couple questions in the audience about downwinding, so maybe we can go into that a bit later. Yeah. So I started windsurfing in Aruba. The main spot is called the Fisherman's Huts, where they used to have the big World Cups and everything. Um, then it's pretty flat water. The wind is quite offshore, so it is definitely gusty. But the further out you go, the more stable it is. And it's absolutely blue, so it's really beautiful. And um, the other spot... No, so so at Fisherman's Huts, you have actually a big weighing community at the moment. Um, usually they're there around sunset or towards the end of the day. And the best, the best part of the huts is sometimes during the year, more, more often... Then not actually there's a little waves breaking near a shipwreck so you can you can wing on super flat water or you can even have some fun in those little waves so um yeah almost oh, every nice. day now there's like there's a group of wingers that will go out there and wing uh, during sunset and then um one of my favorite spots for windsurfing is called barcadera which is a bit more side shore the wind is um like it funnels through the island and like uh another island like mangroves it somehow just funnels through and it's way stronger i'm not sure that's i'm not sure that's the best for winging because it's um 
the the gusts are pretty strong. What I have done is, well, partly a downwinder from another beach that's called Rogers Beach, which is more towards the south of the island. And there you go in into open ocean and from there just uh, downwind uh, along the island. I don't remember how many kilometers that would be, but I think I think it's a downwinder of like an hour and a half. And regarding... Oh, wow. That would be pretty fun. Yeah, that's really fun. So the last time I tried there with Uda, we actually got pulled up by the boat and did surf foiling down. I still need to improve a lot in that, but you can... We're, we're waiting for our next trip to Aruba now to actually do subfoiling there. And I reckon on windy days when the swell is bigger, it would be pretty cool to to go down there. Oh, yeah. What was your first experience on a foil like? Uh, at this point, I feel like I started quite late with it. It was already quite a hype before I even jumped on a windsurf foil. Um, it was a bit scary, I guess. And it, yeah, just un, uncontrolled. Just the moment I got lift, I was just actually pretty frightened. I was like, I hope I don't like get lifted out of the water and crash. Um, but that's very that's very exciting. Actually, super, super close to the feeling of planing for the first time, you know? Just as soon as you start picking up speed, ah, yeah. it's an ad- adrenaline rush. Um, and the first time winging was in, I think, 2018 in Brazil. And I remember it looked so funny. Everyone, like, there were three wingers out there. It was, you still didn't see it so much. And I actually gave it, gave it a go because it was so windy. I actually got up quite quickly, but... I couldn't turn, couldn't jive for my life. Um, and getting <laughs> yep, on the foil sense. was okay. And then afterwards, um, I think I did one, two, three runs and, and that was it. So it didn't really catch me straight away until maybe like uh, two years later, I think. I think during COVID, I started winging a bit more. Um, but I have to be honest, like I still struggle with the, well, I'm going to say the tax, like, I guess I need to, I need to put like full on practice to really get it sorted. But do you do you find it, it grabbed you to the same level, let's say that windsurfing did, or are you still more like I'll windsurf when it's amazing, but then if I need a break or if I want something different, I'll wing. I think uh, with winging for me now, what I like, yeah. So I think windsurfing is still my biggest biggest passion and love and everything, and. Um, I learned in Brazil that winging on the waves is the most fun. So on flat water, going back and forth, it, the first couple of times it's amazing. But then at some point you kind of want something a bit more challenging, I guess. And the couple of times that I've done it in the waves in Brazil, it was really, really awesome. But I think um, as the as the gear is being developed and becoming better and better, uh, I think it allows also for more radical maneuvers on the waves and stuff, but I haven't gotten to that point yet, And but it it looks really, really cool. So, um, yeah, I need to find the time to go and do it more. Um, I guess, but your off-season mainly is is like you're focused on training for the next one, right? So it, you, you're, is, how is your training schedule? Like, is it pretty regimented or do you kind of go with how your body feels and how you feel? Yeah, I, th- I feel like I make a plan, but it really depends on how I feel and how the conditions are. Um, I would like to say that I'm super regimented and that every day I go to the gym and stuff like that. But if you do the gym and winter for a lot, like it's some- yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I try to go three times a week, which I, I tend to stick to. But if I do feel if I do feel like I'm exhausted, then you know I just can't. And then then you know time on the water is has priority over the gym so um yeah if and if conditions are good for example you don't want to exhaust yourself with weights and stuff because you rather perform on the water no um, that's true but yeah i would say I, I tend to go to the gym like three times a week and then i'll i'll windsurf pretty much every day but usually i'll windsurf maybe two or three days in a row and i take a break after like i'm i'm not um I'm I'm the kind of person that actually needs a break and then comes back to it. There are other people that will go nonstop, but I feel like if I take a day break in between them, I'm a bit more refreshed and I can go back at it. Now for learning like a new move or pushing something to the next level, do you have a way that 
works best for you because um, there's everybody's different. Some people will watch, some people will practice on land. Like, is there something that you've developed over the years? Uh, yeah, I think I actually watch a lot of videos back in, well, there's still, the website still exists. It's continent7.com. And they would have, um, there's also dailydose.de and they would have all the freestyle moves online. And I would just play those videos nonstop and slow motion and really try to analyze what they do. And when I want to really want to learn something, I ask everybody that can do that moves how how to do it the best way. So I really try to learn from other people. And then when I'm on the water, basically, um, you just it's like trial and error. You just try over and over and over again. Um, but I I think what helps me mostly is to at some point if you realize that it's just not getting better, it's just to stop. And try something else or just take a break or, you know, step away from it. And then when you come back to it, a, a lot of times, maybe you take a day or two break. And I think, me at least, I end up thinking about it a lot. And then the next time I get on the water, somehow it clicks. So I I don't think that trying, like, mindlessly nonstop is the best, best way to go. I feel like, you know, after every try, you kind of try to analyze what went wrong or what you did well and... Um, and the best way, only only since I started traveling with Uda, um, I do think the best way to learn is uh, through filming. Because once you see what you're doing yourself, that's when you realize uh, the mistakes you're making or what mm. you're actually doing right. That's a good point. You, you, imagine, you imagine yourself doing something, but actually it's, oh, it's almost always different than when you see yourself. That makes sense. And so is the next big thing freestyle winging for you? Um, I guess I should give it a, a better try. But I, I do think with freestyling, the, with winging, the freestyle looks so insane at the moment. When I was in Brazil now, we um, I was at a spot where the, the gong team was training. Um, and it was ridiculous what they were doing. And I didn't quite see myself trying that stuff. So I think I'd rather venture into wave riding um, rather than freestyle, I think, at the moment. <laughs> oh, into wave riding? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like we, we just started doing that or I started doing that a little bit over here. And um, the feeling of like, how does that feel compared to windsurfing, let's say, Hokipa or some other of those amazing wave spots that you would have been? Like, do you feel the acceleration on a foil makes the wave feel bigger is there, you have to focus more because you have to make sure that your foil stays under the water? Well, yeah, definitely have to focus more because I just don't do it as much as surfing. And um, I think what was a really cool experience this year is that I did surf foiling in, in Peru. So this wave is super long. Like, I think you can stay on the wave for a minute or two. And I got pulled into it. Um, and this is the best in, well, yeah, Pacasmayo and Shikama. And... That that was incredible. You can that you you can turn endlessly on the wave, and it's like the best practice you can get. And I do think that the yeah, just not preaching, I guess, is one of the things that you need to learn to control. And the feeling of being so much higher up on the water is it's a little bit scary, but I guess when you get used to it, then then it's fine. But everything. Everything just flows more. Whereas if I'm sailing at Hukipa, it's all about putting as much power as possible and putting the board on the rail. So I think it's two completely different feelings. It looks, yeah, like wave, wave sailing on winging and, and there's people charging harder and harder now. And um, like it, it's definitely a lot. I, I don't know. I wouldn't say because I've never, I've never windsurfed Hokipa yet. But um, I could say that it, it's there's things that could go wrong with your foil turning around and you got to be careful of all these things, but it does look like they're, they're pushing this thing to a crazy level. Have you come close to hitting the foil or come close to any of that kind of stuff or has it been pretty good I, so far? Not, not in my face, but I've had some blue spots on my legs. Like I went full on into the front wing with my, okay. with my thigh before and, or hitting the side of the board also. Um, yeah. I think anytime you get on a foil, you you always have these like close shades. So nothing serious yet, but definitely some uh, blue spots. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. Have you tried downwinding yet? And just yeah, just a little bit. So with with 
winging i did it in aruba a, a little bit um i'm trying to think where else oh in brazil as well i did it on the swell um but i think at the time i was not super comfortable and the swell was quite big so honestly it was a little bit of a stressful experience i'm gonna say because i was on a smaller wing than usual and i just couldn't control it so well so like i i managed and i made it back but it's glad when i made it back to the beach um and <laughs> that makes sense yeah and the subfoiling i haven't managed to like i'm getting up i'm getting up on the foil every now and then but then to connect the waves that's um still definitely challenging but i think i need to just put more hours into it and really um yeah, just try harder, I guess. So I see I see Uda trying it all the time lately and she's completely hooked to it. And yeah, it's, it's inspiring to watch to see how, yeah, when you put the, the time and effort into it, how far you can go. And it, it looks like a lot of fun to do. That makes sense. Do you think like Aruba has good potential for some downwind for people who would plan that as a trip or a vacation? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. It's just, um, maybe the sport is not as big in Aruba as anywhere else in the world so I feel like it just hasn't really been explored yet and um, yeah hopefully in the next couple of months okay. we'll be doing more downwinders yeah because we had a question here that they asked um, some community members asked if, if you ever thought there could be an Aruba to Curacao downwind race or the other way around or something or along the coastline uh, it would have to be from Curacao to Aruba with the wind yeah, Curacao to Aruba. Okay. Because of the the northeast wind. I think actually that could be pretty epic. To be on to what I hear from fishermen and people that um sail between the islands, as well actually might not be a good thing, but between Aruba and Curacao, the water actually gets pretty pretty rough. Um but having said that, actually you wanna have like nice rolling swell and not like messy stuff. So um, I know I know they've windsurfed from Bonaire to Curacao. A guy swam from Curacao to Aruba, but I think the okay. Curacao Aruba crossing hasn't been uh, hasn't been done yet. I think a guy actually challenged me to do it at the time, maybe two three years ago. But it was I was too busy with the the contest I was doing. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so obviously you ride for starboard um and there's been some women that have been asking specific gear related questions um as to like which brands do you think um for gear let's say wetsuits um or that would be more tailored or that you found that you've liked the best over the course of your career are there any that stand out well i mean i'm, I'm sponsored by brunotti and over the years the um, I mean, the wetsuits are stylish, first of all. And yeah, for me, I feel like they're super comfy and super stretchy also. I think in the first few years first few years that I was riding, maybe 2017, I felt like it wasn't as warm and not as flexible. But now it's like the most amazing wetsuit. Um, so I actually haven't tried many other brands. So it will be hard for me to say that which other brands are better. But I know that there are many out there that are specifically for women. Um, but I can say just from my experience with Brunotti that that gear is very nice. So the wetsuits and the harnesses. Oh, beautiful. Okay. That's good to know. And, uh, we had somebody else ask as well, how do you feel that they could go from an intermediate level to a higher level in windsurfing? And, um, how would they be able to find opportunities, let's say after school? So, um, what would be the easiest way in you felt into the industry today for, for women? Um, I think to go from intermediate to higher level, the main thing in windsurfing is just putting in the hours and the effort. And so, so what I have done for myself is just always ch challenging myself. If you have the opportunity, of course, challenge myself in different conditions. So I, I did get sponsored pretty early. So I was able to travel to Brazil, go to the Canary Islands, Cape Town at the, that when I was still studying in the Netherlands. And I feel like putting yourself out in a variety of conditions is the best way to improve. Um, so that later on, if you if you do want to compete at least, um, I'm competing on a world tour, which means we're competing in a bunch of different conditions. So you need to put yourself <laughs> out there as well in different conditions. And then the second thing that I think is really important is to surround yourself with 
people that are better than you are or are maybe striving for the same thing, you know? You kind of need to surround yourself with the people that are doing what you are doing as well, if you can. And then for after school, as I as I mentioned with um, with social media and stuff, I feel like it, you know, it gives a platform to people already to promote themselves. So I don't, I, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of putting everything on there, but you know, you can, yeah, you can show the skills that you have or show a bit of your personality. And um, that's these days people check that all the time. Whereas before you're making a portfolio with photos, maybe adding videos and sending that to sponsors. These days, it's it's social media that does that for you. Um, <laughs> Those are good points. Um, and then, which like for winging, for example, have you? Which ones have been your favorite launch spots so far around the world? Um, are there some that stand out? That would be like your best and most favorite place if you had a week that you would go back to. For winging, yeah. I, so where I really kind of started to enjoy winging was in Karpatos in, in Greece. And to be honest, it's, it's just a flat spot, but it's so beautiful. The water, especially if you go in the morning, it's super clear, everything. So just to just go along and you can get really close to the beach actually. And to just go along the beach and, and wing it's that, it, yeah, that's really, really beautiful. So in terms of scenery, that was pretty awesome. And then, yeah, I think Brazil is fun because it just offers so many different um, conditions. You can go out in the tropic conditions or you can be on a swell right next to the beach and there's palm trees and people hanging out on the beach and it's like a whole vibe. So um, Brazil is always a great time. And um, so when you're when your time at home, do you take a little bit of downtime, hang out with family, step away? Uh, from training and sailing a little bit or do you always kind of have it in the forefront of what you're working on? Yeah, it's really hard to take time off from windsurfing because I um, it's also it's still my ho- it's still my hobby, you know it's besides my job, it's actually my hobby um, and I do, I mean I can take a week off and not even touch my gear but at, there is a moment where it just like switches and you just have to go to the water um, I do think I windsurf the least when I'm in Aruba um, like my, my world doesn't revolve as much around windsurfing when I'm there. Just, yeah, just because of family and other projects that I have at home. But as soon as I start traveling, then, then it's fun on windsurfing. So yeah, I would say at home, I, I focus a little bit more on, I don't know, daily life and yeah, family stuff. Hey, that's okay. What's the next move that you're really trying to get that maybe we can't share anything, obviously that nobody knows about, but what's the next thing that you're really trying to work on? I mean, besides, I don't know, it's just, it's, for me, it's been the same moves for the past two, three years. Unfortunately, I, I feel like once you get to a certain level, it's very hard to get to that next level. And you need either very specific conditions or you need to be in the right mindset. So in wasting, I okay. I would love to learn the double forward, but I'm not always in that mindset to fling myself through the air like that. So that's a hard one. And then in freestyling, I I try to I always work on the double moves like like double kulo or even double ear kulo, which is two rotations in the air. But there you need like okay. twenty five to thirty knots of wind and the wave, which yeah I I've seen in those conditions, but not consistently enough. So it's uh yeah that's the stuff that I'm working on when I can at least. So what are your thoughts on a double forward? Like um it, it, what it like. Is it it's obviously con- condition crazy. dependent? But what, yeah, what rushes through your head when you're thinking that you're going to flip over twice? Yeah, that's the thing. It's just like as soon as I see the wave coming, and right bef- right before I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to do it this time. And as soon as I hit the wave, I I'm like, why would I fling myself into a double forward right now? So then I I'll I'll do one <laughs> okay. and I'll let go for the second one. So. I just need to have a better, okay. I don't know, maybe visualize it better. Or there, there is this element of fear that always comes into play when with those kind of moves. And I've I've tried it, but I've you know I've elbowed myself and I've had whiplash from it. So um, the thing is, yeah, I, I haven't figured out yet how to try them consistently. 
it's to yeah need to build up the confidence like i'm gonna like the only and, and i'll be brave here and i'll put this out to everybody in the world the only freestyle move i've ever tried is a shove it and i was I think, cool flying one. on my five three going so so fast I popped up, went in, thought my, because the board takes off, right? Because you're not, like the board, the wind took the board. And I was like, okay, done. <laughs> I'm never doing this again. But oh, like, wow. how do you deal with fear and the thought of potential injury and, and, and all of that stuff going through a move? Is it just because you started it so young and you became so one with the board? Um, I think or so. is it, is, is that, do you think like, kind of like how the, the guys in Bonaire did? Yeah, I think when you're younger, you just have less fear and you don't think about consequences. Okay. Um, and also, okay. you also learn to fall, I feel like. So e even though I crash, it's like I know exactly where to kind of fall next to my sail or my board to not hurt myself. But as I, I seen really now, as I'm getting older with moves, like with the jumping moves where you get much more height, I'm, I'm so much more in my mind about it. Even And I promise that I've never hurt myself never twisted my ankle or nothing um but it's it creeps hmm. in at some point you know so i feel like yeah the younger you are for of course i feel like it's easier to learn things but that doesn't mean that you can't when you're older i just think it takes a little bit more effort to push yourself uh past your limits i guess we all have faith in <laughs> you and so. um where do you think <laughs> Where do you think the best place that you travel would be to maximize your chances of, let's say, a double forward or something? Uh, well, I see them the most in Gran Canaria in the Canary Islands, but it's just such extreme conditions. Okay. Um, I think it's the best yeah. place because if if you stay there for an extended period of time, so like maybe two months, three months, then I think it's a great place because then you can just gradually build up your confidence. Um, but if you're there just for a week, I wouldn't suggest uh, going for a double force like crazy because first you need to get used to the gear, get used to the conditions, then get used to the height. And it's such a long process. And I would say the same for here, here in Cape Town, except for the conditions are not as consistent as, for example, in the Canaries in the summertime. So I would say Canaries, yeah. All right. Well, it's something to keep in the back of your mind, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something. So can you walk us through a day of what it's like to be, um, uh, I guess, just windsurf champion and what does it feel like to guess to get up? Um, and then we're always kind of curious as well as to what like nutrition and exercise a little bit. So can you walk us through a regular day of training for you? What would that look like? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, there's different days depending, like if it's a windy day and I know I'm going to get on the water. Um, you So... I, I usually will go to the gym. Let's say I'll go to the gym from 7.30 till 9 or something. Uh, then have breakfast. Then head to the, in Aruba, then head to the water around 11. Uh, maybe sail an hour and a half or two. I usually don't sail more than an hour and a half or two per session. And lately, I don't necessarily do a second session again. Depends. It really depends where I am. Um, okay. So... Yeah, wait, sorry, I'm mixing up a bit. But like here here in Keaton, for example, it'd be the same, like gym in the morning, then probably get breakfast, go to the water, have a break, have lunch, and then do an evening session again. But I can I can only do that maybe two days in a row and then I'm destroyed. So I need to like pace myself a little bit. So one day I'll be windsurfing for do two sessions. Maybe the next day I'll just have one big session. The day after, maybe only the gym or just only windsurfing. So it really changes during the day, um, during the week. And um, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And you're training with and friends, for, training with family. Like, like who who do you yeah, train? But, do you train by yourself or do you train with people? Um, here in Gaton, for example, everyone is here at the moment, so they're either training freestyle or oh, wave. Awesome. There's this WhatsApp. There's this WhatsApp group, and they everyone says where they're going. So it. I would say training with friends, but these are all people that put their life into windsurfing, right? So, um, yeah, you're training with the best people in the world, and yeah. So for and and for nutrition, unfortunately, I'm not super regimented with that. I just feel like in general, I I eat healthy enough, um, and it's hard to when you're traveling. It's hard to keep a routine. That's the only thing I'll say about that. So. 
when you go from country to okay. country, sometimes it's hard to stick to the food to the food that you enjoy eating. Um, oh yeah, that would be. Yeah, so that's that's maybe a hard aspect. The same with training, like gym training and stuff like that. It's hard to stick to a routine a lot of times. Is there is there anything else that you'd like to share with the community out there about um, about anything that you're working on? Um, yeah. So besides all the windsurfing for myself, I guess what what I'm really enjoying lately is is coaching. Also, I've done um, a couple of clinics with 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 Uda in uh, in Greece. The recent, most recent one was in Brazil, and hopefully we'll do one in February. And we we started Windsurf University, which started out as online coaching, basically, because this was during COVID. And we're like, how can we still reach people that, um, even even though we can't travel at the moment, how could we still reach people? So the most obvious thing was to do like online coaching. And we found out that it's actually a really efficient way of learning as well, because it's not only about getting on the water and practicing nonstop. I feel like you really need to stop and analyze what you're doing. So in this online coaching, we show you videos of how to do a certain maneuver and we go through it step by step. And if you have any questions, then we, we also just answer that. And if, if, if they have their own videos, we can pretty quickly see what to improve, for example. So I feel like if you kind of get the theory behind the move, it and think about it helps a lot for once you get on the water. Oh yeah, that's cool. So then, and you can help people from all over the world then. Yeah. Yeah, it's so much fun. Like we've met people from literally all over and that, yeah, that's the cool thing about windsurfing also. Like the people, the people that are stoked about this sport, like it, like we're all over. Did you, have you found like a change in Aruba with the kids? I've asked this to a couple of people, asked it to Mauritius. Do you find that kids are as adventurous and are playing outside as much? Like I just turned 40, I'll be 41 now, but like soon. But um, like, do you find kids, there's been a big change there? Um, or is it like, because for here in Canada, there's a lot more people inside. They're not playing as many sports. They're not pushing into hobbies or anything like that. They're more stuck online gaming or, or doing all that kind of thing. Have you seen a big change there as well? Yeah, I feel like it's hard to gauge. Um, I, I I would okay. guess that's the okay. the natural that I would guess that's the trend around the world. Um, I, I'll just say that, for example, in Aruba, it's you know it's hot all day long, so people people can actually get out and and be outdoors. Whereas maybe in Canada, it's much colder, so it's easier to stay indoor and and get online. You know, like we can get to the beach so quickly. That's true. Um. But um, I I would probably agree that more and more people are just online more. Yeah, I find that sad, but I, I I'm thankful that they have more outlets and and more new sports. Like winging has just been so helpful, and like obviously there and around. Like, what's the age group that you're seeing winging? Um, are you seeing like obviously kids are just charging at this thing? It's it's so amazing to see like 13 year olds and 14 year olds doing backflips and front flips. It's absolutely crazy. Um, and it's really fun to watch. Yeah, I've seen some incredible maneuvers um, by kids mostly. Yeah, um, in Aruba, I would say it's still. Um, I actually haven't seen many kids winging. To be honest, it's uh, older groups like thirty, thirty and up. Um, I think the okay. kids are actually getting caught up kiting more than winging. Um, but maybe it's something really. that just needs okay, to be maybe. promoted more. Yeah, there's a lot of kiting kids that are kiting. Oh, that's cool. How and, is your kiting and, and coming windsurfing. along? And um, I would say it's going good. I really, like, I hate to, well, I don't hate to say it, but people hate to hear it, but I really, really enjoy kite surfing a lot. And um, it's, because I was going to say, like, my in Aruba, I'll do one or two sessions, but usually it's, like, one session in the morning windsurfing, and then I'll go for evening kite session. I didn't want to say it before, but it's uh, I kite yeah a couple of times a week for sure. Let's let's not tell the sixty-five-year-old plus windsurfers. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> yeah, you just have to keep it fun. <laughs> like anything that gets you on the water. Yes, I think so. And um, so, are you planning any in-person clinics in let's say twenty twenty-four or twenty twenty-five? So Carpatos is fixed. That's probably going to be in August. We don't have the dates exactly yet because it depends on my schedule, um, but. Carpatos, we're going to have two clinics in okay. August. Uh, we would like to have one in Bonaire in April. 
Uh, just need to fix the dates for that. And I will have kids clinics in Aruba. Um, yes. Yeah. And as far as I can see, we'll do another one in Brazil. But that's going to be in November. So um, that's in as November? far as I can see okay. for the moment. Yeah. Okay. Book well, that sounds pretty now. fun. So you have a pretty... F- <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you have a pretty fun year. Is there one tour spot that stands out that you're really looking forward to to being at? Uh, for competition, this well, I'm not sure if I can say looking forward, but I but it was an insane experience. I competed in Fiji this year, and yeah, you know, okay. I mean, we should be competing there again this year. But if I never go again, I, at least I can say that I sailed cloud break, and it was pretty incredible to sail such a perfect wave. At the same time, it was just extremely terrifying. Um, and that, that's one of those things where I'll say, like, if it, if it wasn't for competition, I would I would have never, ever thought that I would go down a wave like that. So that's something that definitely stood out this year or last year. And what else? I feel like there's just some places that I really need to explore still. I kind of like, I don't know, Mauritius or I haven't been to islands in the Caribbean enough yet, even though I'm from there. Like, I would love to go to Guadeloupe, Barbados. Um, yeah, Chile. I would love to go to. So there's a, yeah, there's some places yep. on my bucket list to go to. Let's see if I can make it happen. Now, yeah, maybe this year, next year. Hey, can we talk a bit about Cloudbreak? Like, how can you see? Like, obviously, you can see. Like, can you walk me through that whole experience for those people who a don't know Cloudbreak, but also like that's a really really shallow shallow break, right? Yeah. Well, first of all, the flight is about thirty hours from Amsterdam. <laughs> Um, Whoa, okay. Then what I didn't realize myself is that you, at least where we were staying, the resort we were staying at, we were getting into a speedboat and literally going at max speed for 35 to 40 minutes out to out to the break um, daily. So like you go there 40 minutes and then 40 minutes back. So you're rigging your gear on this boat. I, I get terrible seasickness. Um, so that, oh, that wasn't a dream necessarily, but... Um, I think halfway halfway in the trip, like 20 minutes in, if it's a big day, you start seeing the, the white water flying. flying. So there's like on the horizon, you see the, flat, the white water, which is scary because if you can see it from that far away, it must be big. And then yes. a, as you get there, it just, it just gets bigger and bigger. And then uh, most of the days, the surfers are out till about 12 o'clock because then it's, there's no wind yet. So it's insane to see all the surfers. The water is incredibly clear. And as you said, you can you can see the reef. Um, and there's like six buoys where all the boats uh, anchor, which I was, in the beginning, I was scared. I was like, what if there's one crazy wave that just breaks um, on top of us? But I guess over the years, they figured out how far they can go. Um, so that was fine. Okay. Um, I surfed it on the first day when it was tiny and I, yeah, I saw, I saw the reef, um, but that day was fine. I think on the bigger days, I guess it's a little bit more scary because you could get um, held down. I, I was totally fine. I think I only got washed once. I didn't even get washed. Like my gear got washed and I dove under, um, but there were a couple of riders that actually hit the reef. So the, the, my gear got washed onto the reef, which is, they call it shish kebab. Um, which, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, this is all like everything surrounding cloud break is a bit mystical and for me, honestly, a little bit, little bit scary. But it's also beautiful at the same time. Like how how do we even have such a beautiful wave uh, on this planet? You know, like yeah. it's yeah, it's quite a cool experience. And then so a hundred percent focused just, when you're in it does everything everything else kind of disappear or are you able to kind of yeah yeah exactly that it's um the moment you go down the wave like it's full full focus like tunnel vision and the wave is super clean though there's no bumps on the wave and it's like carving through butter i i guess i just told myself to not look back because that was maybe the scariest like as i was going down the wave <laughs> i think i i can see that i enjoyed it but i i wasn't risking too much and I, I i just didn't look back but the sound of the wave breaking behind you like like you really feel all of that energy behind you and it's just like it's super exhilarating are you ever thinking jaws or something like that in your future you know what the thing is 
I feel like I, I would, but you just need to put yourself out in conditions like that and be surrounded with people like that. So for me, I'm, I tend to travel, like I'm in the Caribbean a lot, then I'm in the Canary Islands, and then I go to Maui maybe once a year for two or three weeks. And okay. it takes it takes time to get used to those type of conditions to um, see yourself doing that. And I just feel like I don't do that enough. I think if I would spend maybe like a year in, it's like, I feel like if you're in Maui, it's like a natural thing to ride just because that's all people talk about. And it's like <laughs> the most normal thing ever. But if you come from a flat island and then straight away you get thrown into two, three meter waves and then to think about Jaws, it's like, I need more time for that. I would like to, but I'm not sure it's it would be my focus. That makes sense. And it's not for everyone. And coming even like winning a wave coming from freestyle, I think that is such an amazing accomplishment because it's two completely different mediums and there's so much to learn from, from yeah, that. Yeah, so much. It, it, it's incredible. To, and even with racing as well, like I went racing a little bit like on the lake and... Um, me myself was caught off guard with the incredible speeds that you have to do and i can't imagine like how fast are you going windsurf um racing it is fast me i think the the last time i checked i was maybe sitting 70 or 78 in median board i i think maybe okay. 60 61 62 um i guess maybe a bit faster on, on okay. windy and flat water but i haven't measured wow. so much very quick. Well, Sarah, um, if uh, is there anything else you want to cover or are you uh, good to get back on the water? What's your plan for the afternoon? Uh, actually, it's uh, 9.30 no, it's evening p.m., now. so it's bedtime. It's 9.30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Okay. Today I was uh, destroyed from all the sailing we've done and we actually didn't have any wind, so it was like perfect. Um, but yeah, looking forward to the upcoming week to, to get on the water. I want to say thanks a lot for uh, for joining me today and just having a casual conversation. It was super cool to meet you for the first time and uh, I'll, we'll be stoked to talk to you another time as well. Yeah, anytime. Thank you for having me. Thanks for sharing the stoop. Yes, that's what we have to do. All right, everybody. Um, thanks for joining us tonight and we'll uh, we'll chat with you another time.